Um, do you want to hear a fun fact? Sure. So this is, I bought like extra, extra water because I did my first tattoo removal appointment yesterday. Oh, did you actually? I did it. I went through with it. I paid so much money. It's ridiculous. And I think, because I bought like a five session pack, because if you buy it all together, you get a little bit of a discount. And it's going to take longer than five sessions, so I'm definitely going to have to pay more money. Um, everyone just, like, think your tattoos, like, <laughs> through a lot. But it wasn't painful, like, hardly at all. Compared to an actual tattoo, it was, like, nothing. Okay. And I think the place that I'm going to, the price is, like, rather reasonable. It's, like, 200 a session. Okay. And I'm probably going to have to do, like, sessions but it's every six to eight weeks so it's like spread out oh my god that's a lot of money (laughs) i know i know i know but i'm like if i'm gonna do it now's the time because i don't have a car i don't have a child i'm sitting at home doing nothing i don't want to have this in my like wedding pictures (laughs) in 70 years when i get married (laughs) when i have kids i'm not gonna be spending stupid money like this Mm-hmm. So I think it's just time to do it. Yeah. No, it's just I... just time to bite the bullet. I respect that. I... Oh, but... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was also going to say, I have a feeling that you just have a high pain threshold, so it probably hurts a lot for everyone who's listening. Oh, no. Okay, tattoos are so painful. Tattoos are so, so, so painful. Like, that's probably the worst pain I've ever experienced. Um, I think... I don't think my pain threshold's that high. Okay. okay. I did have kidney stones once. <laughs> and I feel like the, that made me a stronger person as far as what pain I can and can't tolerate. <laughs> um, but two, at the place that I'm going to, they have like a cooling thing. So they like blast cool air on you too. Okay. Um, it's nowhere near as, as painful as a tattoo, um, but it's going to be a lot of sessions. But so getting back to the water, mm-hmm. you poop out the tattoo. Like, that's how it exits your... The ink, like, exits your body. That's how it gets filtered. (laughs) What? So, like, it gets filtered through your system some way, and you end up pooping it out. But you have to, like, part of the thing that helps it, so you poop it out, is, like, drinking a lot of water. Isn't that crazy? I'd never heard of that before. Like, what? (laughs) Just, okay. The woman was, like, explaining everything to me, and she straight up was like, yeah, and then you poop it out. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that your experience has been okay thus far. I I mean... I don't know what else to say to that. I don't think... You don't feel it. Yeah, And it's just, that's how it exits your system. I mean, where else is it going to come out of? I... I don't know. I just assumed they were, like, burning it off of you or something. Well, that's what they do. They, like, zap it with a laser. And then, because you're, I think it's, like, your immune system attacks the ink. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, the laser penetrates down into your skin. 
and then then it starts your immune system starts to attack it and it starts to break up okay good to know but i'm not i don't think i'm going to start seeing they said probably wait till like session three or four it looks the exact same as it did which is kind of disappointing considering how much money i'm spending on it but oh boy by the time i get there i think it'll be worth it question mark um Okay, let's get into the bachelor. I know. <laughs> what I a just, nice I'm introduction. Like, I don't know what else to say. Um, so, guys, uh, please leave us a review if you're listening right now. Get on your, your little iPhone and, and go leave us a review. Say something nice. If you don't have an iPhone, steal your sister's, your, your mom's, maybe your grandma's iPhone. Both my grandparents have iPhones that are nicer <laughs> than mine. So, it really helps us out. Well, you can still wait. No, it, our our giveaway will be over by then. But um, whatever, just just do it because we love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pink Collar Crime, a true crime podcast focusing exclusively on crimes committed by women. I'm Rachel. And I'm Natalie. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Each week, we're going to tell you about one or two cases of crimes committed by women and discuss details, motives, similarities, and differences, etc., etc. If you like our show, tell your friends. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating and tell us what you love or don't love about the show. And give us a follow on social media at pinkcollar underscore pod. Today, we're going to start out with, um, we're doing kind of, kind of a mini episode, but also it's just like a bunch of little cases that couldn't be an episode all on their own, but put together. Um, So one of our passions in life is obviously true crime, but one of our other passions in life is The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all of the other little Bachelor yes. in Paradise. I haven't Bachelor watched any Nation. other ones. <laughs> yes, we are. That's how we became friends, I think. Part yeah. of it was yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. I started watching. I'd never watched The Bachelor before, and Natalie was like, you should watch it. What season was it that I got started on? I think was it was it Nick, Nick Vile. Nick Vile, yeah. Yeah. It's and a Rachel, good season. Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah. What an angel. Because I had tried to watch the Juan Pablo one so long ago, Ugh. and it was the worst yeah, <laughs> thing yeah, I've no. ever watched. So I was just like, maybe it's not for me. But it just turns out that Juan Pablo was just not a terrible great. person. <laughs> terrible person. Um, yeah. But I'm sure whether or not you watch The Bachelor, you as in the listener, um, there's just been so much controversy I feel like over the past couple of years and just in general you know some of the people that that they pick for the show they've got their own stuff going on um but lately they've been in the media a lot because of the racist statements from good old Chris Harrison um they announced uh someone else is doing the um after the final, final rose. rose, do you know who they picked? I don't. I don't. I didn't recognize him. Okay, but well, yeah. Do you so know? this. So I have no idea what Rachel is about to share. Um, basically, from my understanding, we are looking at I guess like crimes 
that um, contestants, uh, female contestants um, on The Bachelor have committed. So I'm excited to hear some of these. I know like a couple, but, or at least I've heard of a couple. So let's see what you got to (laughs) share. All right. So we're going to start out with a little description behind the background check they do for The Bachelor. Um, So on Becca Kufrin's cast for The Bachelorette, uh, it included an actual sex offender. Um, So for anyone who watched the season, Lincoln Adeem um, was one of the contestants and he committed his crime in 2016. Specifically on May 30th in 2016, Lincoln had been arrested after an incident on a Harbor cruise ship. And they somehow missed this detail when he was applying to be on the show. He ended up being casted for the 2018 Bachelorette show. Um, He was later ordered by a judge to stay away from the victim and attended three AA meetings per week during his two-year probation. It was required to attend three AA meetings per week during his two-year probation period. If he was unable to comply with the judge's orders, he would have to serve a one-year sentence in a house of correction so he would have to go to jail or prison i guess um and in response to this incident the warner brothers released a statement saying no one on the bachelorette production had any knowledge about the incident or charges when lincoln adeem was cast and he himself denied ever having engaged in or having been charged with any sexual misconduct we employ a well-respected and highly experienced third party who has done thousands of background checks consistent with industry standards to do a nationwide background check in this case. The report we received did not reference any incident or charge relating to their recent conviction or any other charges relating to sexual misconduct. We are currently investigating why the report did not contain this information, which we will share when we have it. So basically they said, yeah, we do like these really intense background checks, like not our fault. Totally this third party, um, which makes me question, you know, what else have they missed over the years? Maybe there was just people maybe before social media was really popular. There were some other things that flew under the radar. Um, But so also in that season, just in a matter of, I feel like social court, Garrett, (laughs) <laughs> whose last name I don't have any idea how to pronounce yeah. uh, whatever the, who was the winner would later be exposed for liking fat shaming transphobic and hateful conspiracy memes on Instagram so it didn't look like this investigation people were really doing anything if they weren't going on Instagram and, and looking at what people <laughs> yeah. are they weren't Looking, trying very hard. <laughs> don't know how thorough they are. So, yeah, that was not technically illegal, but it called into question whether he should have made it into the show in the first place. And it's um, not, I know, like, a lot of, I've read, people are like, oh, like, we're everyone's allowed to have their own beliefs. Sure. Yeah, I guess. But in this case, um... Becca was like super liberal super like social justice like minded and so it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like why would you cast somebody who is like very much 
like not <laughs> aligned with that knowing that they'd be on a show where they're not even allowed to discuss really i think the first time we've ever seen them discuss politics and stuff was with Tasha. Mm-hmm. um and so yeah right you're just doing a disservice to the person they don't get that much time to really get to know mm-hmm. um before they're making this huge commitment on national TV. So even if you find out all this stuff after, you know, your foot's already in the door, you're already committed. And I can imagine it's, you know, embarrassing or you feel pressure to stay together with this Mm -hmm. person despite their beliefs or or whatever. But so let's shift and talk about the application process to the bachelor or bachelorette. So to apply, you must submit five to 15 recent photos and also include a 10 minute video. I've looked this up at certain points in my life of like, should I apply to be on the bash? <laughs> but then ultimately gave up because they required so many things. Um, so this is if you're applying online. You can also opt to stand in a long, long line at an open casting call where you are expected to disclose all kinds of information about your relationship, history, occupation, salary, what you're looking for in a partner, any tattoos you may have, a sore subject for me right now. Um, and you are also expected to disclose information about bankruptcy filings, criminal records, and temporary restraining orders. The background check includes a credit check, military records check, and criminal arrest and or conviction check, civil litigation check, a family court litigation check, and interviews with employers, neighbors, teachers, and so forth. I feel like this is what they do before you get into the FBI. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh, But do they actually go through and do all of those things? I somehow doubt it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do get, like, all of these reports. My question is, how much do you actually go through it? Mm-hmm. Like, because I do feel like a big part of the casting isn't just, like, oh, we want to get, you know, the right kind of people that the lead would be into. I think it's also, like, who's going to be really good, like, who's going to make good TV and then who could we later cast on like the messier like little sister show bachelor in paradise so right yeah (laughs) um so if you are selected to go further on in the process you will end up traveling to la for additional interviews one applicant kevin murray described receiving a giant manila envelope with 600 true or false in likert scale question questionnaires which likert scale correct me if i'm wrong is just rating things on a scale of like one to five mm-hmm. of yeah. whatever the question may be um we're like one's low five's high i don't really know um but so potential contestants sit down with a psychologist and complete a personality tests they are expected to discuss any history of mental illness infidelity or other invasive subjects they also meet with a private investigator who looks for hidden secrets like duis or sex tapes in order to avoid (laughs) any pr scandals which as we'll come to learn there are contestants that have had duis and still got on the show so Mm -hmm. i don't know what makes them decide to include or not include yeah um but if that wasn't enough, semifinalists have to submit a medical exam and supply their medical history. They must submit a blood and urine test so they can be ruled out for any sexually transmitted infections. And supposedly, this is the number one disqualifier for potential cast members. Which is, you know, 
I personally am not sure, considering, you know, how high the rates are of people who may have a sexually transmitted infection, I'm not sure that it should necessarily be a disqualifier. You know, if people disclose that they have a sexually transmitted infection, um, but I guess they may run into, like, legal trouble if mm-hmm. the contestant, like, doesn't share that information and they have it or whatever. But so it's a lot of stuff that you're having to go through to potentially get on the show and, you know, cry in front of millions and millions of people. Expose um, yourself, basically. Yeah. So hopefully, I hope that you're finding this interesting, even if you don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Um, so this brings us to the contestants who have made it on the show and who have either been arrested before or after appearing. Um, So we're going to start off with Victoria Fuller. So in August of 2017, Victoria was a contestant on Peter Weber's season of The Bachelor. Um, Peter Weber was originally on Hannah Brown's season. He was a pilot. I didn't watch this season because I just didn't really enjoy him very much. Um, It sucked. Good to know. Everyone take heed. Uh, But so Victoria was arrested for a DUI um, in August of 2017. She was held in the custody of Virginia Beach Sheriff's of the Virginia Beach Sheriff's Office from 6.45 a.m. to 9.23 a.m. Victoria was required to pay a fine of $250 as well as covering a fine for court costs that totaled to $211, which doesn't seem like that much money to me for the level of crime. I'm not sure. But her license was restricted for 12 months, and she was only allowed to travel to work, school, and her substance abuse assessment program. She was given 12 months of probation and unsupervised general good behavior for 24 months. So they would keep an eye on her for about a year, and then she just needed to, like, not get arrested for two years. And she was instructed to remain drug and alcohol-free during the two-year good behavior period. So Victoria stirred up a lot of controversy while she was on the show. She modeled for a Maryland-based company that advocated for white and blue marlin conservation. The company's logo was WLM, which could be a play on BLM, Black Lives Matter, but the opposite, which, I don't know, is not personally something that I would want to associate myself with. Um, either they were just so ignorant that they had no idea or they were trying to be cheeky and just did a terrible job. Like, um, it was White Lives Matter, right? That's yes, yes. So there are photos <laughs> of her wearing a hat with the WLM logo as well as her wearing a shirt that reads White Lives Matter. It had a fish on it, I think, but still, like, come on, yeah. come on. Uh, how many people did that, you know, kind of pass through that people okayed it and were like, yeah, this is great. This is funny. Um, so Victoria later issued an apology stating it wasn't her intention to support racism of any kind. While on the show, Victoria won a photo shoot competition on a group date for Cosmopolitan, but they pulled the cover after learning of this controversy. A former friend of Victoria's interviewed by Us Weekly, um, 
was interviewed for Us Weekly, this friend, Marissa Pence, who dated Peter in 2012, told the magazine that during their first encounter, Victoria threatened to slash her tires because she was hanging out with one of her ex-boyfriends. So it is questionable whether Victoria maybe should have been allowed on the show in the first place if she I guess you know it is just like a she said she said kind of situation mm-hmm. but um so she clearly did get her DUI before she was on the show because it what when was she on the show in 20 2019 2020-ish um yeah 2019 so she must have been past this probation period at least maybe that's what disqualifies you as if you're like currently on probation I guess. They want you to drink alcohol on the show, so <laughs> I would imagine that they wouldn't want someone who wasn't allowed to allowed drink. to, yeah. Um, so that's the story of Victoria. Great things. All good things. But she also was just, like, in my opinion, so boring, and she just wasn't nice. So I'm like, why all around? There are so many, so many reasons not to cast her, but... I guess Peter Peter liked her and every other girl, so good for her. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't necessarily think a DUI should be an ultimate disqualifier or, you know, any... Obviously, uh, what's his face? Zach, Tasha's fiancé. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly struggled with drug abuse in the past. Um, yeah. And he was still out on the show. So, to me, it's a matter of have they, like, learned from this experience? Have they put in the work to improve themselves as a, as a person? Or are they just, you know, they paid the money, they showed up to what they needed to show up to, and they just don't generally care? Um, I which wonder, I feel like you can get a sense of that by talking to a person about it. Yeah. I wonder if they should be putting, like, open, like, calls and I think they've kind of done this before or it's happening a little bit more now where because they um, unlike previous seasons because they're posting pictures now of like these are the women who are going to be on next season um, I think now they might they get sometimes a little bit more information before like filming starts um, just because some things will arise and I've heard like a couple of times there have been at least for the men like you know men that have been like pulled out because of XYZ reason coming to light um, and I'm like maybe you guys just need to reveal that stuff a little like who you're who you're um, casting a little bit earlier and then just let the internet do its job <laughs> Right. That um, I recently started listening to Becca from Ari season, her mm-hmm. podcast, which I really love because we had been listening to. Uh, that's one of the things we bought it over at first is here to make friends the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like they get too into being kind of self righteous. I don't know if that's like the right yeah, word. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. Whereas I feel like. Becca and her I forget what her co-host name is but I think they do like a nice balance too of also because like part of the reason I'm listening to it is like I just want to hear them like trash talk a little bit (laughs) um so they do a good job of balancing that where it's not 100% just trash talking being horrible mean to the contestants but also focusing on areas where the show could have improvement um but that's what they were saying is that they should just let the internet do its job they wouldn't even need to hire you know uh do background checks they could just have the internet they would take care of it for free um but so that brings us to our next contestant amanda stanton so i i don't even know what her original 
season was. I saw her on A Bachelor in Paradise. She, I think, was Nick. I think. I don't think so because. Oh I no no no! That. She was uh, Ben. I think Ben. I think that's right. I think that's what the article said, but I don't. Yeah. I didn't actually write it down. Um. So her arrest occurred after she had been on the show, but I think. I don't remember if it was before or after her bachelor. I don't think they let her back on after this happened, or maybe she just wasn't. Yeah, I don't think. Back I on. think. Yeah, I don't think she was on after. Um, but anyway, so she was an alum of The Bachelor, and she was on Bachelor in Paradise. She was arrested in September of 2018 for one count of domestic violence against her boyfriend Bobby Jacobs, who is a famous, semi-famous tennis player. And she wrote about the arrest in her book Now Accepting Roses. <laughs> so Amanda was in Las Vegas. Why did that sound so weird when I said Las Vegas? Las Vegas? See, that's one of those like words where like my Chicago accent comes out. So I'm like trying to say it in a way that's not like Las Vegas. But I'm <laughs> um, sorry if I was just like screaming that everyone's ear. <laughs> she was in nevada for a bachelorette party um she had more than a couple of drinks while she was out and around three in the morning the neighbors to her hotel room had complained to hotel security about some noise coming from their room in the encore hotel so bobby went to the door to speak with the security and apologize for for what was happening and amanda blamed the alcohol for what happened next she had been she pushed Bobby out of the way in front of security so she would be able to speak to security herself. Um, security was like, we're not dealing with this. So they called the police. And the report detailed how Amanda was hitting Bobby while he was laying in bed. I think this was before the police showed up. Uh, I mean, before security was even called. And he was forced to get out of bed to avoid getting hit. And Bobby had called Amanda's friends to the hotel room for help at that point. And when they came, Amanda stayed in bed, leading her friends to believe that she had just fallen asleep. She was just going to sleep it off. And when Bobby went back to the to the bed, um, Amanda took the hotel phone and was using it to hit him on the body. She started to scratch. Did you say, and, did you say on the potty or body? On the body. Oh, I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was going to the bathroom she's just hitting him with the phone um, on the body I don't say potty I would say toilet but whatever um, so she started to scratch and pinch Bobby leaving red marks on his arm and when her friends tried to intervene Amanda screamed at them to stay out of her relationship according to Amanda uh, in the police report Amanda was out with her friends before when they came back um, and she went up to her room Bobby was upset and they got in an argument she said Bobby held her down on the bed and she began to pinch and scratch his arm so he would let her go and when he let her up Bobby was pushed uh, or Bobby pushed her back down on the bed and Amanda was able to get away and lock herself in the bathroom so again in this situation it seems like a lot of he said she said I don't I don't, there wasn't really any good solid, I mean, obviously there was drinking involved, so it was hard to get a good picture of what happened that night. 
Um, but so she was arrested and taken to Clark County Detention Center. Uh, she was booked and then later released. Amanda expressed guilt after the incident. And uh, while Bobby and her had booked a flight out of Las Vegas that day, she got a call at the airport from TMZ who had been tipped off about her arrest. Amanda was so embarrassed uh, that this incident had become public news. She felt horrible for Bobby and horrible for her kids. And she shared that she got many dirty looks from parents when she was dropping her kids off at school. Um, Speculations about her being on drugs or being a wild party girl or having an alcohol problem was just all over the internet. And people assumed that her relationship was really bad or was just super toxic. Um, She would later say, the words domestic violence did not describe me, Bobby, or our relationship. The press was saying I shoved Bobby, but anyone who sees us knows that isn't possible. I'm 5'3", he's 6'7". There's no way he'd move an inch no matter how much strength I used. Which isn't necessarily the best argument, I would say. It is entirely possible that someone who is 5'3 could cause harm to someone who is larger, so yeah I feel like a lot of times the violence that women do to like their partners kind of gets overlooked um, sometimes which is unfair because they're like well you're bigger than me and I'm like you still can't hit people exactly exactly yeah I think that in this case in this case it's a little bit difficult to to pick out because it's from her reports he was you know kind of shoving her down or um it seems like too that with alcohol being involved that she just like wasn't necessarily acting like herself I don't want to speak to who she is in this situation but um I don't get the impression that either of them are really bad people maybe it was just you know kind of one of the worst nights of of their lives um But so one month after the arrest, Amanda entered a plea of not guilty. The Clark County District Attorney's Office did end up dismissing the case. And Amanda and Bobby split a few months after her arrest. Amanda felt or said she felt blindsided by the breakup on an Instagram story. So she wasn't necessarily expecting the breakup. It didn't seem like this fight that they had together was the end all be all. It wasn't like it ended right after that. But who knows? Maybe that led up into it. So much speculation is going on, I feel like, on my part here. But, too, I feel like, as a woman, I automatically, you know, would want my feelings go towards the other woman in the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it sounds like she wasn't behaving well and she was causing harm to this other person. So, um, in this case, I really think that if you know, there was some kind of mental health professional that was able to be called along with the police or something like that. Yeah. Um, might have handled the situation better. I'm not sure that an arrest was necessarily warranted. It sounds like these people just needed to be separated and needed to, to sleep it off or I don't really know. But so in in any case, this occurred after she was on her season. So it didn't necessarily prevent her from or maybe it did prevent her from going back or maybe she was just like you know what I'm done with this show I've been on it enough times um but so next I will talk about Jubilee Sharp who she was I guess also on Ben Higgins season of The Bachelor in 2016 I did not watch this season Um, so Jubilee Jubilee got in my opinion a very bad edit and I felt very bad for her 
they I felt like they they edited her to seem very unstable, but I feel like her concerns and what she was like saying was like very valid. She, oh, I'm going to talk about her history. <laughs> okay, good. I will. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> so during the during her time on the show, she opened up about her difficult childhood and disclosed she was adopted. So Jubilee was adopted at the age of 6 from Haiti after most of her family was killed, which like what the heck? I don't yeah. like that's crazy to even comprehend. Like what a strong person um to get through that. I don't know that the bachelor necessarily deserves you. Um she also served in the army for 8 years. Yeah. So Ben gave her a rose on a one-on-one date. And then during the season, she finished in, or during that one-on-one date where she disclosed that she was adopted. And during the season, she finished in 11th place. And Jubilee came back in 2016 for Bachelor in Paradise and returned two years later for season five of Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. So it was actually pretty recently in February. So about a year ago, February of 2020, she was arrested for a DUI in Palm Beach, Florida. Shout out to Palm (laughs) Beach. Um... So she was in um, one car accident, a one car accident. So it was just her car. She had bloodshot eyes, smelled of alcohol, had slurred speech. She refused a breath, blood and or urine test and had failed to pass her field sobriety tests. She told the police that she had a few beers, but had no idea how the accident took place. We don't know if she was in shock while she was being interviewed. That seemed like that could be the case um, mm-hmm. because getting in a car accident, I feel like, is scary. Um, so shortly after her arrest, she shared a post on Instagram of her friend, Julian Davis, driving around Florida, and he shook his head so she was in the passenger seat, and she cap- captioned it, but did you die, though? Which I think that's a reference to The Hangover of, like, the one guy, one of the characters, like, is a really bad driver, and he was like, but did you die, though? Because... <laughs> It's like a meme. I yeah. say it sometimes because <laughs> Evan will complain about my driving. I'm like, but did you die though? Um, so we don't, I mean, that seems to be in poor taste after getting a DUI. I think, you know, people make mistakes in life and shouldn't necessarily be, you know, are you willing to work on yourself after that? Are you um, willing to learn from your mistake? But to me, that doesn't sound like the best. But I don't I don't know what she was going through. I don't know the situation. I don't want to assume too much. It was hard to find any other information about that. Um, maybe because it was so recent and Corona has kind of slowed the court system for everything. But I will point out, and this, again, is not making any assumptions about her situation. Um, so service members have higher rates of alcohol abuse compared to civilians. So the Department of Veteran Affairs or the VA reported one in 10 veterans deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan are diagnosed with alcohol or drug abuse. So I just wanted to to kind of highlight that given, you know, that she did have a really traumatic childhood and she did serve in the army that it is something that's possible or I think it's just important to to bring awareness to whether or not that played a role in her situation mm-hmm. and also people who have experienced childhood trauma um, they're at a greater risk for developing mental disorders including alcohol use disorder um, just bring an awareness 
I think <laughs> important to, to note. Like I said, I don't want to make any assumptions about her situation. Um, but that brings us to our final <laughs> arrestee, um, Victoria Larson, a.k.a. Queen Victoria. For anyone who's watch- been watching the most recent season, um, or even if you haven't, you've probably seen memes of her. Yeah, seriously. She's just <laughs> a person. She is just got kind of an attitude. She's off now, so she doesn't win, which is a good thing. But um, so she's the infamous villain on Matt James's season. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was arrested in 2012 for trying to steal $250 worth of groceries from a Florida grocery store. Uh, she currently is 28 years old, but was 20 at the time of the arrest. So the store she attempted to shoplift from was a Tallahassee Publix grocery mart. The security guard at the store saw Victoria place about 25 items in a reusable bag that was concealed in the baby seat section of the cart. Security cameras captured her shoplifting throughout the store and her attempt to leave with the stolen goods. She went through the self-checkout line, paid for a few items, and then left without paying for the 25 items that she had put into the bag. And this bag included, like, makeup products. It wasn't like, oh, I can't afford food and I'm stealing so I don't go hungry. It was purely, like, just things that she wanted to use for fun. (laughs) So she denied stealing the items at first, but she had been caught stealing them on video so wasn't able to deny the accusations for very long and victoria was arrested and taken into leon county jail she remained in custody for two days and was released after posting her one thousand dollar bail a month later she was charged in court on petite theft charges i wasn't sure if that was a typo because petite that means little in french i wasn't sure if they meant like Petty? Uh, Yeah, maybe they meant to say (laughs) petty. But I swear they said petite. They said petite, so I put it in. Hey, I, I, you know what? I think think that sounds so cute. Petite petite stuff charges. And she accepted a plea on August of, or August 23rd of 2012. Or 20, yeah, 2012. I wrote 2021, but that's not right. That would be, that would be way too long. (laughs) (laughs) So she was sentenced to two days in jail, but she had already served this during her initial arrest, and she was sentenced to six months of probation, had to pay back hundreds of dollars in fees, and had to attend theft school. She also was banned from the public store she had stolen from. And her appearance on The Bachelor uh, made the story break about her shoplifting arrest. She had gained quite a bit of attention on the show because she was just so horribly rude and terrible. Um, So she said, she called her dad after the story broke and expressed she felt liberated because she no longer had anything to hide. So she wasn't like, oh, this was a time I was such a stupid kid. She was like, yeah, this is me. And what? (laughs) She was like, oh, well, now my future husband, I'll just tell him to Google me. Like, I don't care. I'm free. (laughs) I mean, I mean, the reality is like she is (laughs) like she's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Which like with all of these situations, with anyone's life situation, there are so many factors that happen in people's lives that we don't know about. And I don't want to automatically judge, you know, people make mistakes. So 
if people come out of it, you know, viewing it as a learning experience, what, you know, express regret for the things that they've done, then I don't think that anything should necessarily like ruin someone's life or make it so they're not able to like function in society. But yeah, oh, Victoria didn't feel bad. So I don't feel bad for her ever. <laughs> no, I, she's just, and it wasn't even that she got a bad edit. She's just straight up awful. Yeah, no, she, she doesn't care though. She, I don't yeah, think she does. She, nope, she, you know, is confident in, in who she is and confident in being awful. So I am confident in disliking her awfulness. Oh my god, there was like a picture of her at a hookah bar recently, like during Corona. She went to a hookah bar, which is like, why? Why are those still even open right now? Because you're literally blowing also, air. I I recall back in back in the day going to like hookah bars a couple times and what is the point (laughs) like can i tell you i so i used to do uh tobacco research when i was in college Mm -hmm. um so we would go stand outside of hookah bars and we would use co2 monitors so we would have people um expel into the co2 monitor before they went in and when they came out and hook well that's the thing is that people aren't aware that hookah is not great for you going in a hookah bar for like one to two hours is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes the amount of like i remember back in the day so this would be like around like 2012 ish so hopefully people know better now but i think people were like oh it it gets filtered through the water so it's not that bad for you (laughs) which no it's still bad for you uh it does not all get filtered out it's still it's like the equivalent of smoking cigarettes um so if you're going in there and smoking for like one to two hours straight that's not that's not good for you that's not so we would show people the amount of co2 that was in recorded in their system and they would be like what it was crazy some of the numbers would be so high Um, but yeah the fun things i used to do in college Our music is the track Wasteland by Joseph McDade. His Patreon and our podcast sources will be linked in the podcast description below. Any mistakes are entirely our own, so check out our wonderful sources for the most accurate information about these cases. We talk about some tough subject matter on our show. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please reach out to the Crisis Text Line by texting HOME to 741-741. They are available 24-7 and will connect you with a trained crisis counselor. You can also reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Join us next week for another episode of Pink Collar, a true crime podcast.